Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Another little camera issue, but we'll get that worked out if you're watching on YouTube. I look a little grainy. My guest does not. If you're listening to this audio podcast, you won't even notice it. So, you know, here we are. But I have a great guest on with us today, a clinical pharmacist by vocation, but started a nonprofit organization called Fast Track to Happiness. And it's helping people with the pandemic, depression, and substance abuse escalation. And again, living in West Virginia, where we've dealt with opioid issues for many, many years, and especially living close to Huntington, West Virginia, that has long been an epicenter for substance abuse issues. This is especially close to my heart. I'm grateful that Gianna Sullivan has joined me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Gianna, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for inviting me, Brian. It's my pleasure. Let's start here for a moment. And I've been starting here with with folks that I've had on the podcast because, and and I said this a little while ago, and I was recording a podcast. For me, and I'll be 50 next year. For me, I believe that for, for my generation, the the event that we'll be talking about 20 years from now is one we were talking about 20 years ago coming up in September and that's 9/11 for me that's a generation that is a a lifetime moment you know there others like the challenger explosion in 1986 i was in the 8th grade back then those those life defining moments that affected all of us as a nation For my son, who will be 21 in September, I think when he looks back, it will be the COVID-19 pandemic. It will be the the COVID-19 pandemic that his generation talks about 20, 30, 40 years from now. When you think about the pandemic, I want to get your perspective because our perspective here in West Virginia has been a little bit different. How's the last 15 or 16 months been for you personally? professionally around the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, um, it's a loaded question because it has so many different uh, variables to that in the pandemic. Um, We were hit with a mass media uh, where we just listened to what was being told to us. And so we're like animals just doing what they are telling us instead of we had so much fear and so much um, um, uh, anxiety that I'm, I'm don't know if we processed it accurately. Um, and many people reacted different ways. Look at the tremendous amount of economic, um, decline that we had and stress put on so many businesses, people who stayed indoors, who, uh, were such a lockdown that they started doing more if, if any, uh, they started doing more and more and more substance abuse, alcohol abuse was on the, in, uh, you know, incline. And uh, 
uh, to try and premedicate yourself to try and get through a situation. And oftentimes several people died from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, and then from a professional level, uh, as a pharmacist, you were just really out there as a healthcare working, knocking things off like you would not believe. And the level of exposure that you were uh, amongst was incredible. Um, and uh, I don't think we really understood everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, funny, I just saw, read something yesterday that said, gee, um, it was someone, it was an Amish cartoon, gee, uh, uh, you know, have you gotten vaccinated? And and uh, the Amish guy says, no. And they said, why? He says, well, we don't have TV. <laughs> you're kind of like you don't know a lot of people say that we listen to the media and everything it's been proven that it can be one way directed to Mm -hmm. you know be put in front of you that you just kind of believe everything that's being said and instead of using your prayer your meditation your intuition uh, your gut knows what's right or wrong that kind of thing let me (laughs) jump in here because you, you you hit on a great point about how things were affected. I, I I think about people that had joint replacement surgery scheduled or they had some kind of procedure that wasn't life-threatening but still affected their quality of life, whether it was, let, let's say, um, and I don't mean to, to use this negatively, but let's say there was a, a lady that needed a hysterectomy or someone needed a joint, like I mentioned, a joint replacement, something that didn't affect, you know, was it life or death, but that person has been living with pain. That person has been living with uh, a, a not great quality of life. And those things got pushed aside. I think that was a tragedy that we didn't talk enough about how those people had to push their pain aside, they were forced to push their physical pain aside for the pandemic because hospitals and clinics were just pushing those procedures out. And those people lived with pain. And to your point about self-medication, they're thinking, okay, I'm getting ready to go through rehab. I'm going to go through physical therapy, already preparing their minds for what they, they were going to go through. It gets pushed back. And then all now all of a sudden, they're like, okay, well, I have to continue to take aspirin. I have to continue to do this and do that just to function and keep going. I think that's the real tragedy that for me was not talked about enough. When you think about that, how how did you see people? Did you know people that were that were put off? from having those procedures. And as a, as a pharmacist, I want you to kind of put that hat on and just kind of think, and forgive me for the long-winded question, but as a pharmacist, how do you help those people just continue to go day to day and say, Hey, you know, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, so it's a really good question, Brian, and the overview is good. Let's put it into perspective here. When the COVID uh, started hitting, uh, a lot of the orthopedic uh, um, uh, um, surgeries and and, uh, uh, replacements were put aside or, and a lot of people were let go actually 
uh, yeah. because they couldn't. So a lot of people lost their jobs and employment rose. Uh, but uh, because there were uh, not enough uh, beds in the hospital, so many people were being put into the hospital using up a lot of the beds at all different levels. And uh, there were treatments that uh, we were told that weren't uh, we, we shouldn't take there, you know, you wouldn't, you, it was uh, not FDA approved and you, you shouldn't be taking the, the hydroxychloroquine now it's Invermectin. There were treatments out there that now time has passed and they have proven through studies and everything that they are effective, but there were people that were being intubated well before even the ABGs were done to be intubated because they were afraid the respiratory decline would be yeah. so rapid so they were trying to outthink it uh, and a lot of people died from complications from that um, and um, so um, a lot of people also um, the the numbers were going up on the number of deaths of COVID and and they know it's well documented that doctors and surgeons and were explicitly told that if someone died, they had to put that their death was due to COVID, not through yes. whatever underlying uh, disease state they had. So the numbers are not real. They were skewed. They're not really. Johnny, uh, can I jump in here? I, I love what you're saying. You are so spot on with what you're saying, because the thing that has bothered me personally and, and having a little bit of pharmacy background as I do professionally, I felt like, I, and I continue to feel like people that are dealing with heart disease and diabetes and cancer and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and substance abuse, opioid use disorder, which is again, very close to home for us in this region. It's almost like everything got pushed aside for the sake of COVID. And there are people that were dealing with, with diabetic neuropathy. You know, if they had trouble walking or their nerve endings or things like that, it's like, well, you don't have COVID, but it's like, well, wait a minute. I'm dealing with diabetic neuropathy. I'm dealing with sugar spikes that are going up and down. Well, you don't have COVID. Yes, but I'm dealing with severe hypertension or hypercholesterolemia. I'm dealing with issues that threaten my my day-to-day -day health, COVID aside, I feel like that was a big misstep. That's just my opinion. But I no. feel like those patients have been totally underserved and undervalued in this, in this era because they didn't, to your point, they didn't have COVID. Oh, but they have stage four cancer. Oh, but they have, they have hyper, severe hypertension. Oh, but they have Parkinson's disease. And so I feel like we really missed it from that perspective. And I mean to jump in there, but I think you you hit on something really profound and brilliant there. Well, I I I, I mean this has been pretty much has been coming out from scientists, virologists, immunologists, microbiologists, uh, doctors of all sorts uh, that they now know uh, uh, this this was maybe perhaps uh, mishandled. Uh, and the overreaction that was, it was just, it just established such an element of fear and panic that uh, people would race to the pharmacy to get vaccinated. Now you have to remember that uh, um, even um, 
with people who um, didn't have those surgeries, okay, and underlying issues are still there, we know that people with diabetes or heart conditions, they are predisposed to any of those elements because to any person, to any type of other disease. But when you look at um, um, back in 1983, I think, when the SARS came out, you remember SARS came out as a yeah. respiratory? Well, COVID is part of SARS. And SARS, we didn't have that kind of a lockdown. So yeah. we know now with, with COVID, there's some other underlying element that's being proportion here. We know th for a fact that giving the, uh, these COVID shots, they're females are being infertile. There's been implications of decreasing population. There's an alternative motive. I'm not the one bringing these up. These are the ones that scientists yes. are bringing up because, you know, I don't want to be, uh, you know, trying to steer. Well, no, but as a pharmacist, yeah, but as a pharmacist, this is the perspective I love that you bring to the table is as a pharmacist, you're, you're always looking at what is best for the patient. What is, what's right for the patient? Patient first. You know, I know our pharmacist here locally is, is someone that we can go, hey, my doctor prescribed this medication, but I'm on this medication. Or how is it going to react? How is one medication going to react with another medication? And that to me is the importance of, of your hometown pharmacist, someone that you interact with that can say to you, hey, you might want to be careful about this. You're, you've got this medication. You're going to take this. Just be careful. You know, if you start to feel a certain way, let me know. We can do some more research on it. I believe pharmacists are more critical now than ever. And, and I, I love the perspective that you bring from all those years of being a pharmacist, because to me, those are, those folks, their knowledge is not being tapped into enough. And, and I'm not trying to make this an opinion show. Okay. I'm not trying to make this an opinion podcast, but I want to recognize the pharmacists out there that on a day-to-day -day basis are really trying to help patients stabilize themselves through a very difficult time. And their knowledge is just as invaluable in my opinion, as our doctors and, and immunologists and things like that. And I don't think we've involved our pharmacists enough in what we're trying to do. Well, you know, and I want to say a couple of things. Uh, not, firstly, uh, yeah, I've been practicing for 36 years and I'm the recipient of two lifetime uh, life achievement awards. And, you know, one of the things that really, you know, I have a great concern about humanity right now. Mm -hmm. And my, one of my great concerns is, A, uh, we were told that we should not use hydroxychloroquine or inframectin because they are not FDA approved. However, it's okay to take a vaccine that's not FDA approved. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're animals. And did they seek out the trials that happened to the vaccine? And first of all, the vaccine isn't a vaccine. It's a, it's a genetic modifier. Okay, well, you, you can prescribe things off label. I, 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 you know, what people don't understand, Gianna, and, and again, I mean to interrupt you, but if, if, a, if a physician feels like, if your provider feels like there's a medication that can help you, whether it's FDA indicated or not, you can still get access to that medication. Well, it just is not for that indication. 
So that's to right. your point, yeah. So to your yeah. point, it, it that's excellent. Go ahead, go ahead, go a little deeper there. Well, my my the problem is there was restrictions placed on dispensing of hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm. or, so you weren't you weren't allowed to do that. They did case studies in India that they were giving ivermectin for parasites, and it's costs pennies. It's not very expensive. Either one of them aren't very expensive, but uh, that you couldn't get those. And there were doctors who could prescribe it, uh, but um, there were, um, you know, there were things placed on them. They they had to uh, be certain types of, you know, uh, doctors who could do it. Uh, there's holistic medications and other physicians that knew of this and and uh, could prescribe it. And people were doing um, um, just uh, techniques and being uh, given the medications as prophylactic. Uh, well, we all know that's happened, but at a higher level, Brian, is where this stems down of people who are, are you know, uh, the CEO of Pfizer and what gets, I don't know how many millions of dollars, another 20 million, 22 million. What about all the people that affect, are being affected now uh, from their loss of jobs and unemployment and economic issues? So we have, we're being told, pharmacists are being told what you can be dispensed and not from corporate uh, pharmacies or institutions. Um, you know, it's part of working within that network. A lot of the mom and pop pharmacies are gone. So yeah. uh, if you want to prescribe something over the counter or advise the medication management or this and that, uh, you can do something over the counter, but it wouldn't be probably equivalent outside of taking vitamin D, 5,000 units a day, and zinc, 220 uh, milligrams, and maybe, uh, you know, vitamin K with it to, I mean, you could do something like that, but nothing uh, if, if in case you really did come down with um, the disease that you could start taking, i.e. hydroxychloroquine in the beginning, you know, um, every day for five days plus uh, Zithromax, you know, there is, yeah. there is a, you know, all the prescribed treatment. You couldn't do it. Okay. So a lot of people did end up uh, in the hospital and, uh, and they, you know, had underlying conditions worse and especially people overweight with diabetes and heart disease, people with cancer never got their, their treatment. You know, so they didn't go and get their IV infusion. They could, you know, so it, 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 it's a big concern. And I was very disappointed and very sad. And, uh, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. So I did tremendous amount of counseling and praying and trying to help people have a good frame of mind about it. Um, and, uh, so, um, it, it's a combination of things. Now, after a whole, all this years gone by, there's plenty of documentation out there and people are not afraid from uh, doctors, nurses, immunologists, and virologists who are surfacing that same, wait a minute here, you know, and now there's a whole bunch now, even with the virulent D, you know, the study that they're promulgating, even ver- the virulent D, the virulent is out of India in a study. Mm-hmm. So people are so afraid now, you know, booster and this and mass and how many more masks than you have. I mean, the, the Viron is, is uh, 0.1% uh, 
one, the masks hold a virus up to 0.3. So it goes right through the mask. You're just, well, yeah, again, we're, 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 we are, we are. And again, this is why we do the podcast that we do. The intentional encourager podcast is because we want to add encouragement because everything we're hearing is fear-based and it's, it's, well, you know, if you're not protected, if you're not vaccinated, if you're, and, and my philosophy is get vaccinated. If you want to get vaccinated, if you don't want to get vaccinated, it's your choice and it's your right. And, and again, before we step aside and take a break, Gianna, I, I again, agree wholeheartedly because your pharmacist is seeing that patient a lot of times in many, many cases they see that patient far off more often than their doctor, their regular doctor sees them. You know, their regular doctor may see them, that patient every three to six months. That pharmacist may see that patient every week or two. They're coming in to get something, having a conversation. And, and I love what you said there because, again, it, it is your pharmacist being able to say, hey, have you considered taking some extra vitamin D? Have you considered taking some extra zinc? Have you considered taking some vitamin K? Just really knowing that patient, you know, from, from connection and, and conversation. I yeah, love what you said there. You can't do that anymore yeah. because the corporate has placed rules on you. You can't work unless you're vaccinated now. Yeah. A lot of pharmacists now believe in it. It's a lot of media that has uh, persuaded a, a persuasion of media and that's unfortunate. And, uh, so, uh, and look, uh, most of the hospitalizations right now with the viral D are the people who've been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's so many breakthrough cases. But again, I want to give a shout out to those pharmacists that are listening. Thank you for what you're doing for your communities. Thank you for continuing to help patients because again, um, you guys don't get the credit you deserve. So thank you from the Intentional Encourager podcast. And I love Gianna's perspective. And we went a little long there. But I love that perspective and, and brilliant perspective there. Let's step aside, take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what John is doing right now with Fast Track to Happiness. We're going to talk about that, get into some other things. My guest, Gianna Sullivan, joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast, back in just a moment. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you, as a business owner, can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. John, I want to talk about Fast Track to Happiness. You, you are doing some incredible work with folks that are just trying to get through life. They have had life as you, you were talking about with the pandemic. 
they've had life hit them in the face, whether it's their business, whether it's their personally with their health, things like that. Talk a little bit about what led you to start Fast Track to Happiness. So um, uh, there are so many happiness. Um, well, it started when I was um, in an upper position uh, in a corporation and I worked my way up the ladder and I had a divine encounter. And with that, I was asked to leave my profession, what I was doing at that time to live my life for the less fortunate. And I started a nonprofit. That nonprofit was called Mission of Mercy and it provides free healthcare to the underserved population. And now it's a national nonprofit. It's been about 28 years, free doctors, uh, free medications, free dental visits, free uh, uh, ancillary services. So, you know, now it's a national nonprofit. After doing that 28 years, watching people receive the treatment they got, I realized what was it curious that they weren't still had an inbound inner happiness. So I went out to search that. And that's where fast track to happiness came in because I realized you learn that happiness really is an inner state of peace. It's an inner state no matter what the consequence is, uh, you have an inner state of peace and you go with the, the flow. That's not to say you're going to be 100% happy all the time, but there is mm -hmm. a set point that we know genetically that we have. So the idea was we are born with dreams. There's so many people out there and everyone's so important and vital. They bring something. It's like without the, the puzzle's not complete without every piece, you know, and everyone brings something valuable and beautiful. And, and so, um, uh, the, that was the idea is to stem to let them know that we have dreams and we have the possibility to endorse ourselves, to be successful and to reach those dreams. What has happened now, even with the pandemic, you see a lot of riots and, and a lot of um, very angry people and uh, very, a lot of violence everywhere. So, uh, and, and I liken that to the, um, a, a painter, uh, you know, the, the painter's palette, when you paint, there's vibrant colors, there's all these things that you want to add to the color. But if you, you know, if you have all one uh, color um, and it moves, you know, you start pushing and you remove all the vibrant colors to just have one type of color, all of a sudden that just kind of gets to be a clump of gray dull colors and no one's very happy on a sometimes on a gray day right with the idea is we don't want to you know push down um who we are yeah and what we can contribute so uh that is why I, I reach out to people to allow them to to learn how to be uh to take a situation are you a victim or are you a victor uh, there's a happiness continuum. You have choices and you, I'm not to say that it's going to happen all at one time, but working with it, uh, just like if you go to a rehabilitation place, it's about 21 days to 30 days to be able to see a change in neural pathways and chemicals in your brain. It's the same way. Our thought processes have to change because we're programmed to thinking the same thoughts every day. 95% well, we of our thoughts are the same. Yeah. Yeah, Gianna, I'm going to jump in there. A lot of people that go through those things, especially around addiction, they have been told that they are a victim. Well, you got involved, you got, and, and, and I'll say this, I don't think we've done a very good job at 
humanizing the disease. We we've all we've we've made it, we've made it the pill's fault. Well, you know, you got hooked because opioids are this or the drug companies that, and, and we've not said, listen, you made a mistake. You you got into something that was bad. Okay, let's help you get yourself back up. And I love what you said there. Are you a victim or a victor? And, and we've just, we've, we've always kind of kept people in victim mentality and said, oh, they're there and kind of patted them on the back and, and just said, well, you know, it's not your fault. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? You fell down. Let me help you get back up and, and just march on to what life really has for you. And I love that when you said that, that just, that just triggered something there. Do you find that most people you work with understand what a victor's mentality looks like? I know they have to, they have to learn that because most of their men, uh, thought processes are the same as victim, poor me, I can't do it. There's nothing good about me. I'm just so, and they premedicate with themselves thinking they're going to feel good and just kind of push away the feelings. You, you, to be authentic, you, those feelings have to surface and you have to address them. And uh, that's what is very important to do um, with that. And okay, so uh, you don't like a situation, you can't, maybe you can't change a situation, but you can change your, change your attitude about it. Um, there's a way to look at things and there's a way to love yourself and be kind to yourself and to endorse yourself and, and take baby steps, not giant leaps, just baby steps until you can, can understand, oh, I got another negative thought. Let's stop that right now. Let's just snap at it. Let's stop. Think of something else. You know, it takes time to work with it. Uh, there's various elements that you teach and like seven pillars to the happiness, but one, two of the major ones are your thoughts and your heart, your mind and pillar of your heart. Well, and there are a lot of people that have gone through victim kind of things in their life that don't understand that vic that even victims get resets because, because victims always victims think, well, this happened. So something else is going to happen. And then when something else happens, then something else is going to happen. It's going to be a continual cycle instead of, to your point, saying no, life gives us chances to reset and we get those opportunities to reset. And you have to put yourself in a situation where you can get that reset that you need and go, okay, I don't have to be a victim anymore. I can reset and go forward. If you had to put your finger on one thing, what is the one thing in people that really triggers a reset? And here's why I want to go with that for just a second to put a little more color around that question is that resets for people can be, it could be life-changing, right? It's that one reset that happens, but why don't people think that they can reset themselves and move forward in people that you've worked with? Uh, I think uh, uh, one of the major issues would be uh, where where their their heart is. You know, where your your love, your treasure is, there too is your your heart. And if if 
your heart and your treasure is love and kindness and really wanting to make a difference and helping others and reaching out and and realizing that you're a gift and there's so much that that changes a lot of things. Everyone may fail and fall down. If you fail, you haven't really failed if you tried. So, you know, it's just no time for fear. There's only time for change. And so it's, to me, the, the, the number one core element is in the heart. Now, I know things happen from the, the thought to process to the heart as they say, a long distance. So the two conflict one another. Uh, and I think um, lack of prayer and other issues, people uh, or meditation, you know, we're so much or we're distracted because there's everyone's so much busy, fast, 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 busy. We, we don't take time to just settle down and just, even if silence, you know, some people don't even like silence. So, um, you know, we create time, I think. I, uh, I, I think we just need to, it stems from the heart. So that's, that's my, you asked me, I think that's my personal opinion is um, where people are interiorly uh, and if they want to change. Yeah, and, and they have to have that encouragement to change. I, I think people, you know, it, it, it's, it's, we want to get, and especially, and, and again, forgive me for going here. It's, it's what I kind of know best. <laughs> I, I think people just, they, they, they are addicted to things and, and they don't understand that there is encouragement. Like you can do this. Like, you, you know, it's, it's, it's not a lot of times the encouragement is, well, you have to get clean because, you know, you're killing yourself and and it's all these negative factors. You know, people say you got to do this because you're going to kill yourself and you're going to hurt others. And, and, and it's, it's not an, it's, it's not encouragement. Why would anybody want to get better from those reasons? Instead of saying, you're going to feel better. Your life is going to improve you're going to have positive changes. That's intentional encouragement right there to, to, to make somebody go, you know what? I really do want a better life. You know what? I do want to be a productive member of society. You know what? I can see myself leaving this addiction far behind. That's the kind of intentional encouragement we need. Not this other stuff like, well, don't you want to be better and not hurt people. Well, of course, nobody wants to hurt anybody. No human being deep down wants to, very few people want to intentionally hurt somebody. I know I'm rambling on there. I got to, I got to stop rambling, step aside and take a break. When you come back, we're going to get into Gianna's story. And again, you're, you're going to love where this conversation is going. I'm loving where this conversation is going with my guest, Gianna Solomon here on the Intentional Encourager podcast, back in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew, and he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger, 
deeper and more powerful connector, you've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up, Kindle if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of People Buy From People. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Gianna, let's get into your story. And again, I want to give you the floor to go as far back as you want to go in your life and talk about point A to point B. This, this part of the Intentional Encourager podcast is about people sharing their story and things that they've overcome that, that's gotten them to this point. So the floor is yours. Take us where you want to take us in your story. Okay. Well, before I do that, I want to address two things that you said. Before yeah, let's, yeah, go ahead. That is number one, a lot of people who do have substance abuse, I mean, we don't know how people's background, how they were brought up. A lot of people don't feel loved. Many have been abandoned. Many people are hurt. That doesn't mean that that the whole world is that way. So there can be change. Okay, that, that's number one. Number two, since the pandemic and unemployment and stimulus checks, some people get more money than when they worked. So yeah. they don't want to go back to work. They want to be poor. They want to stay in the, uh, the situation they're in. And unfortunately, that element of fear, they don't see that, okay, they go back to work and get some money. Uh-oh, they have to taxes out or they have to pay where they're living or um, then th they realize they don't have as much money as before. So they'd rather not, but they don't see the vision of gaining that risk of step to becoming successful and living their dreams. Yeah. So we have to support them to be really something fantastic. No, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you said that because again, I, I, I think that people, you're right is that that we've encouraged we've encouraged opposite behaviors of things that we've always encouraged before because the american dream was work hard do the right things success will come to you and now we're living in a, in a society where to your point john i think it was a great point that you made the opposite is happening we're encouraging people not to work we're encouraging people to stay home we're encouraging behaviors that for generations were not behaviors that were promoted. And so, yeah, you're, I love that point. And if you want to go farther on that, please do. I, I just, I love that point because growing up in the, in the eighties, as I did, my dad was like, you're going to college because my dad didn't go to college. And he's like, you're going to go to college because I did not get opportunities that I was qualified for because I didn't have a degree. You're going to go get your degree. My, my parents were always pushing me to be better and to have better than what they had. And so, yeah, I, and, and now that's not the case. It's like, we'll just let somebody else take care of you. And so I love that point. Thank you for making that point. 
I, I, I cede the floor back to you. You take yeah. the, the, the floor yeah, is yours. Ryan, no, you're a great host. Uh, no, it's just that, I mean, and it was me as well being brought up, you know, uh, your parents, they always want the best for you or that, uh, you know, I love the story. Ben Carson, you should hear that story of how he's brought up and how, what a dynamic physician and he is. Anyway, uh, the pendulum kind of swung too far, you know, um, now we want to remove history. Well, history is history. I'm not saying it's, it is what it was. I mean, it, we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't history, not to teach our children what history is and changing curriculums and this and that. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate to see. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm all knowledgeable and I'm not trying to stir any conflicts. I, I'm just trying to voice that it is what history is history, but yeah doesn't mean what our new change is and how we grow. So we'll definitely remember this portion and in, in generations to come. No, but you brought up some important things that people, that we need to be talking about, that we need to be addressing. Because again, it feels like, and, and maybe, I, I guess for, from my perspective, I have kind of become the old guy to get off my lawn. You know, I... But, but I've, I've become a little, I, I, I like the way things were. I, I think we need to go back to civility, truly connecting with our fellow man, truly being empathetic, truly caring about other people, checking on our neighbors and making sure everybody's okay. I'm, my, my wife reminds me of that, you know, because we've got, and even in a small state like I live in, we have 1.8 million people in our state, you know, crime has gone up in West Virginia. The, a lot of things, it's like your hometown, you, you don't hardly recognize your hometown anymore because it's changed so much. And it, and that change has not been for the good. It's not been for the better. It's been the other way around. And, and I, I wish we would get back to some things that were basic core values that we seem to have lost our way on that, you know, that we're good. Everybody's like, well, we can't go back to the Andy Griffin. Why not? Why can't we go back to those days where, where, where we went to church on Sunday and we had a nice meal together and we sat and talked and we learned about each other. And, 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 and maybe, maybe I am romanticizing about a time that will never be. But I think there is some value to our society, Gianna, in those things. And you've brought that up. And, and so I wanted to go with it a little bit further. There are some real core values to things like that that we need in our society today. Except that the, the time has been so radically changed that if, if we can go back, I'd love to do that too. Well, let us all return back to God because God was part of the central part of a family unit uh and people sat down and had dinner with the family now you, you don't have that and my my point is that even things i bring up i'm sure is controversy for other people i'm sure there are people angry out there right now hearing it and saying no no no, i'm going to be vac vaccinated or no no you're wrong you know they have such a strong and they but in that anger see Anything that surfaces like that without having an open mind of entertaining a discussion 
can become evil and anger and violence is evil. And the only way to handle evil is silence and prayer. You know, you don't fight evil with evil. And um, so I just think it has to be uh, handled uh, delicately. Uh, and right now, the, uh, the, the it's just so radically different. Uh, and a lot of people are afraid. They're afraid to talk you to have their brought up a great point. They're afraid to, <laughs> to well, go Gianna, yeah, you've brought up a great point. And, and I wrote this down as you were talking about it. Entertaining constructive discussion. We don't do that anymore. You know, we, we don't sit down one with another and say, I know you believe this way. I believe this way. Let's find some common ground. You know, you may be an anti-vaxxer. I may believe we, so let's find some common ground. Let's find those areas where we can find agreement instead of pointing a finger and saying, well, you're wrong and you need to be canceled and things like that. I long for those days. And I've said this to, to many people, we have forgotten how to have dialogue with each other. Dialogue had di has died a long time ago. And that's where we were in this country even a decade ago. We still believed as early as a decade ago in, in people having constructive dialogue that got to a where, where we were coming closer together instead of drifting farther apart. And I love what you said there because it hurts me to think, and that's not, by the way, that's not a fast track to happiness is always being in disagreement with your fellow man. A fast track to happiness is you and I walking together. I may not agree with you, but at least we're walking together to try to get to a destination that we both can, can thrive and, and survive in. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of hardened hearts now, uh, and people are very wounded. And I uh, would tell you, you know, prayer has been removed and prayer needs to return back to its origin uh, to really give the discernment and the wisdom for people to even see, to see that. Um, and, and I mean, the media plays a uh, a big, huge part, and we pressure one another. Now we're at people knocking on doors, and it's making you feel terrible if you don't do something because your parents or your kids or this or that, your grandparents. And I just heard of a, a very big figure. I'm not going to mention a name. Say, you know, you haven't been vaccinated. Well, I didn't think you were as stupid as you are. Well, really? So I mean, how does that make you feel? So I mean, that just kind of that kind of, you know, is not a positive stimulus that people need to hear. They need to hear that they are human beings that are gifted from God or given gifts, and they have the power to endorse themselves and to make a change in the world in a positive way, not in a negative. Well, and, and again, I want to be respectful of your time and the audience's time, and, and we need to have you back to tell your story, but I have loved where our converse, I have loved where our conversation has gone because it's important to understand a lot of things. And, and I, I appreciate where you've taken our conversation. I will ask you this as, as, as we wrap up our conversation. I want you to share with the audience your biggest piece of intentional encouragement right now, because there are so many people hearing, to your point, 
a lot of these negative messages, so many negative messages. And, and I believe, and that's why we're doing this podcast is we want to counter those negative messages with encouragement. Encouragement always beats back negativity. Encouragement is always more powerful than negativity. So John, I want to give you an opportunity to, to share your biggest piece of intentional encouragement with somebody that's feeling like you described. They're hearing all these things out there and they're going, man, it is just, I can't believe that person said that. I can't believe, you know, I'm just trying to do the best that I can do right. and, and okay. try to survive. So first, let me apologize to anyone. If I've, I have unintentionally hurt your feelings, I, it was not intended. It was just trying to give uh, how I've heard from science. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, though, uh, I don't want people to think, oh, I just always had it made in my life. No. I've had my ups and downs as well. But I will say this, that if they have to take something, just remember, I, I say I expand in abundance every day, more and more in love. Every day as I inspire, as I inspire others to do so as well. So I want them to know that we they are valued. They can ex expand in abundance and success. And that is inner happiness, okay? I'm not talking financial. I, I mean, that may be part of it too, but there's no treasure than being whole and happy and in peace within yourself. And you can expand in abundance every day in love as you inspire others to do so as well. That's, that's, and, yes, yes. Thanks for having me on too. Maybe I'll come on again and, and please invite everyone to visit FastTrackToHappiness.com. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask how they could connect with you. Go to FastTrackToHappiness.com. This has been a great conversation. It's been important conversation because there are times we need to, to take a step back and just say, we need to talk about some things that, that we're feeling. And, and again, if you have a different opinion, that's okay. That, that it's perfectly fine. That's what we're talking about is respecting each other enough to say, you know what? I believe this way. You believe this way. But, but, and I've always said this, the greatest relationships are always cultivated in common ground. Always, always, always work to find common ground in every conversation you have because you'll find good soil in common ground. Gianna Sullivan, what a great conversation this has been. Thank you for joining me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thank you, Brian. Many blessings and vibrant health. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.